that lets you save I think trying to put yourself in someone else's shoes is something that is difficult for a lot of people, but very beneficial if you can do that. You can say, hey, this person may be feeling this because, or if I was in that situation, I may be feeling the exact same way. Welcome to Exploring Mind and Body with Drew Tadia. Drew is an expert in nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, and more. And he wants to help you live a healthier, longer, and more active life. Now here's your host, Drew Tadia. Welcome to another edition of Nationally Syndicated Exploring Mind and Body. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in and being a part of our True Form Life community. We're coming at you with a brand new show. We appreciate whether you're listening on terrestrial radio across the country or as a podcast around the world. We certainly wouldn't be here without you. So stick around. We got all that coming up. This is Exploring Mind and Body. Naturally improve your lifestyle one show at a time with your host, Drew Tadia. I want to talk about kindness. I, I just think it's a topic that could be talked about a bit more often, could be more addressed. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about that today, but especially at this time of, how do you say, this time, what's going on, everything that's going on. It's not, I don't feel like there's a simple solution. There's like nothing's going away. This is, you know, I don't want to get into it too much, but a lot of people are getting like waiting for things to get back to normal. And I don't think things are getting back normal. Like <laughs> This is it. This is what it's going to look like, at least for the foreseeable future. And a lot of people are stressed out, like stressed out and have challenges dealing with emotions and and that's when it's most important to practice that caring empathy love kindness and so that's when it's most important to practice but that's also when it's the hardest to do and here's the thing it's like when it's the holidays right so christmas you have family stressful you have finances presents sometimes traveling and that is the most stressful time of year and exercise is the number one way to reduce stress but it's also the, the least amount of time people work out <laughs> it's kind of funny and then but then you have summer as well most people good number of people don't really work out in the summer because camping and traveling and spending time with friends and family but that's the same as holidays when you have or sorry that's the same yeah the holiday season that's the same as christmas for example so i was just comparing the two like you like we need to exercise to reduce stress right but then at the holidays most stressful time of year people don't but it's the same thing right now it's the same i feel like it's the same thing right now is a good majority of our population is stressed out for whatever reason like it's an interesting paradigm and how, how that works because it's like they they conflict and i, I relate most things to food and exercise because that's what we do but i mean it's a, it's the same thing at the grocery store right like during the holidays when you should be eating healthier and cleaner because our stress is so high that's when we go and we buy the pies and pastries and refined sugar, <laughs> right? So we have to kind of flip that around. We have to make better choices. And I think when it comes to understanding and anger and frustration, like with friends or family members, it's something that most of us don't practice. Like it's, it's not something you learn in school. It's not something that, I mean, you could read books and learn about it, but it's not something that we openly work on practice. And I think that we'd be much better off if we did. But it's really that understanding of trying to put yourself in, other, in someone else's shoes, which is challenging, of course, but try to see the situation from someone else's perspective. You Usually we have so much tunnel vision, like it's it's all about me. It's like ego. I don't know if anyone's a Eckhart Tolle fan, but he talks about the id. I haven't read his book for quite a while. Id, ego, and superego, I think. <laughs> or that could have been Freud. <laughs> I studied Freud in uh, university. I loved, actually loved it. I'll tell you this quick story. I was in university and it was my graduation year. And early on in university, they stick you with this, the worst courses. You have to get up super early and like 7 a.m. was early for me at that time. So you have to get up really early. You have to run across campus like from one class to the other. And like, they just don't do anything like you're a freshman or like it was your first or second year, whatever. Like I went to junior college for two years first and then university. So, but some people go straight to university. At any rate, early on in college or university, they give you the, it's kind of funny that like, it doesn't really 
totally makes sense. As I got as I got to my graduation courses in my last year of university, they gave you the it, it was like the courses were easier. Like there was more group discussions, there was less exams, there was more freedom. I felt like, and I was never a good student. I was a horrible student. I couldn't stand school and sitting in a desk. But as school as I progressed in my schooling, I got became a better student. But I still I still struggled in high school. But then I got to college and I was like, oh, I was like, this isn't so bad. I could pick my some of my own courses. I actually enjoyed some of the things I was doing. And then I went to university. I wouldn't say I loved every, I didn't love every class, but I really enjoyed freedom of like, in most cases, the teachers were like, get, to, like, get your work done or don't. Like, if you don't, you're going to fail. <laughs> and then like in high school, they're like holding your hand and they're like, now chewing gum in class, take your hat off. And I'm like, don't we have other things to worry about? <laughs> and then I got to university and that's what it was like. It was like, this is your class. Like they didn't, and for the most part, like they didn't really care if you showed up, how often you showed up. Um, and I was, I did really well. I thrived. I was at the top of my, top of my class and some of my courses. Um, something I remember we were doing this this one class that stood out because it didn't happen very often but it was um, social statistics and it was like it actually helped in business a little bit this is one of my very few business type of courses that helped later on in life but it was like studying the population of if this amount of wasn't math what kind of math but if this amount of the population purchases something then you have to do it can, you can manipulate this part of the population super boring but they like one formula was three boards on the wall and I figured that out a couple times over not like different problems like that and people were coming to me and they're like, hey, how did you figure that out? And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I can't explain this to you. But at any rate, I became a better student when I had more freedom, obviously as an entrepreneur. I have a really hard time if someone gives me a structure and they're like, you have to learn this way, you have to do it this way. But if you throw something at me, like figure this out, I can do it. So in the later course of the university, that's how it was like. It was like, get your get your classes, get your papers done. Um, of course we had exams, but study, it was, more, it was a lot more written stuff. And um, I became a better writer through practice. And this one, so this one professor, I actually tried to get out of his class. So going back to my initial story of talking to my counselor and I was like, I told her, I said, hey, I said, hey, I'm a, I'm a senior now. <laughs> and I said, I, and when I was a freshman, I took all those early classes running across campus. I was like, I'm not doing that this year. I was like, hook me up. And she really liked me, made a nice connection. And I was like, hook me up with some good classes because, and like, and, and good professors. I was like, I've been here long enough. <laughs> I'm ready to get up. I just wanted to graduate. Like that was my, it's all I wanted to do was get out of school. <laughs> so, so she was like, she was doing a good job making me happy. And then I got this one professor and I sat down and he was like very stern and he was like, he wanted you to show up and you had to participate in class discussions. And I was like, oh man. So I went to her and I was like, I got to get out of this class. I was like, this guy is too much for me. <laughs> So she was like very confused. She was like, are you sure? She said, people are trying to get into his class or, or there's a lineup to get in or like we hear really good feedback about this guy. And I was like, no, 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 he's not for me. I got to get up. So they give you a, a grace period. I think this was quite a while ago. And I, so you can join a class and then you have so long to drop it or exchange it. And I needed that class to graduate. Otherwise it was going to be online and I wasn't really doing anything online. It's much different now, but I wasn't interested in sitting in front of a computer desk. So I sat, so you had a grace period. So I sat there for a couple of sessions and I was like, meh. Then I sat there for a couple more and I was like, kind of like this. And then it was like my group discussion. It was a de debate and I, and I don't have a problem debating or sharing my opinion. Anyways, it's a funny story because I absolutely loved the class and the professor. Like we had a nice connection. He enjoyed my participation. Um, I remember doing it. So they gave you this, they gave you, it was like some kind of psychology course, I think. I studied, I majored in um, criminal justice and sociology. So. 
a lot of it was to deal with the brain or when it was to do with it was to do with um, if it was a criminal justice part of it then it was the brain the, like studying more of the mind or psychology that's why I talked about Freud I had those types of classes of criminals which I really enjoy and I'm, I'm still infatuated with the brain and how we how we make decisions and why we do certain things so it's just funny how in most cases it didn't translate business or, or what I do full time at any rate so I told this long drawn out story we had this group discussion and I like I'm always think outside the box I've always been like that so we had this group discussion and I was just like <laughs> I was throwing these crazy ideas out there and I was like and we had like everyone we had to dis, we had to break down the story of like what it meant and how it was perceived and maybe symbolization so this guy was like hallucinating this guy was like walking down this road and he was hallucinating and then he ends up at a house and he doesn't really know what he's doing at the house <laughs> so my gosh I haven't thought about this story in a long time. <laughs> but I said okay <laughs> the guy's on drugs <laughs> And he ended up in some like field because he was eating mushrooms all night. I'm in university, remember? <laughs> so he, and then he like stumbled. Then he's trying to get more drugs, so he stumbles up onto the porch of this other house, and the house ends up being a drug dealer's house. So he's trying to find more um, meds to keep him going, so he doesn't have to sleep. It was this crazy long drawn out. And everyone understand like this is a graduate course, and everyone's a bit more I don't know like intellectual, and they're like trying to do everything perfect and trying to make the professor happy. And then that, everyone's like, okay, like no one really likes to participate in those group discussions. I loved it. <laughs> so <laughs> everyone like kind of thought I was a bit crazy. This was early on in the in the year we didn't really know each other that well. And everyone's like, okay, like whatever, but you're telling the story because you have to pick one person. Like everyone was supposed to contribute, but no one really contributed. Everyone just sat there. You have to pick one person to share the story of how you perceived and then you make up exactly what happened. <laughs> So I stand up in front of the class and the guy was like super like, their professor was like very like professional and like he always had like a tie and, and like iron shirts and like he was like, a, you know, like almost like authoritative, like very stern with it. <laughs> So I get up and I tell the story. <laughs> of like this, this drug and everyone else is like oh he must have had mental health issues or he must have had issues at home so he was running away trying to find a happier place <laughs> and i was talking about how he's on drugs stumbling around trying to find more drugs <laughs> And the and the professor and everyone else's story was like very similar. And the professor asked me to stay after class, <laughs> and he said, "I absolutely loved your story." He said, "No one has come up with anything that original. Everyone was pretty much the same." <laughs> and he said, "We've been doing this story for years." And and he's like, "It was it's so." He basically said, "It was so nice to have a different perspective." <laughs> Oh my gosh, that makes me laugh. <laughs> Everything happening right now is is causing issues. It's causing problems in families and, and friends, and it's causing that separation. And we have to look at our, our lifestyle. We have to understand that this is how it is right now, and we have to find a way to deal with it. I feel like a lot of people are kind of holding their breath or waiting and waiting for things to change or things to get better. And I don't really feel like that's the proper way to go about it. Just because like, we have to be prepared. Like, what if this is how life is? Like, like how long is it going to be? Like, it's already been, at least at the time of this recording, it's been a year and a half. So instead of waiting and waiting, we have to prepare now and we have to have a, a different mindset. And then we have to practice that compassion and empathy. And like, we don't know, like, we don't know what's happening in other people's lives. We really don't. And some people could be going through a very stressful time. The only stipulation there, I suppose, is like, I don't think because you're stressed out, you have the right to treat people less than, or like, I know like stress is crazy. Like stress makes people do all kinds of crazy, crazy things. And I don't mean that to put them down. I just mean like the ability for some people, for, for most of us to be able to deal or cope with stress 
stress is very difficult. Like most people can't really handle. They don't know what to do. Like we weren't conditioned to. Back in the day, we were chasing animals. <laughs> That's where we have the fight or flight. Like you actually had to fight an animal for food or for survival or you ran away. And that's in us like innately or we're born with that. So we don't have that. Like it's a different world. You sit in front of a computer and then like someone comments on, on your blue hair or someone comments on how they don't like your face. And then how do you, you get a little bit, and then you're, you get your emotions get pressed down a little bit. And then you're like, well, what's wrong with me? And then your mind starts going crazy. And then you're like, oh, and you watch the news, which is always a bad idea in my, in my opinion. And then you, and then you hear like, oh, my friend doesn't want to hang out with me because of this. And then it just piles up and we don't have any way to release that. We don't have any way to deal with our, like our body naturally, like our lungs, for example, or like our heart and lungs work together to help us breathe, right? We don't have a natural function in our body to deal with stress. And the problem is, is if we don't take any action or if we don't take any steps towards that, that stress just keeps building up and it makes, you know, it makes our minds go a little bit crazy or our, our minds turn into moods and emotions, which then addresses our, our physical body. And then if you want me to go <laughs> deep, even deeper is that I feel major disease in our body starts with stress. It's like a seed, a thought, and then it becomes words and then it becomes actions. And then before you know it, we, we're, we're dealing with these major diseases in our body. I say disease, I, sh I share this often, but we have anytime you have a disease you have dis-ease in your body i think it's easier for us to understand it's disease it's not this big scary word of disease our bodies tell us things so when we're stressed out our body does things like maybe we're, we have these thoughts in our, our mind that aren't usually there maybe they're angry thoughts or frustrated thoughts that aren't usually there your body's telling you something if you start limping around <laughs> your body's telling you something it's not telling you that you're gonna have to limp forever it's saying hey something needs to be addressed and if that's not addressed something else is going to start to happen physically on our body so if, if your right side, right hip, ankle, knee starts bothering you and you start limping, you put more pressure on the other side, <laughs> then sooner or later, that side's going to be like, hey, why do I got to take the full load? So that start, that other side's going to start bothering too. And all that is, is communication between your body and your mind. It's like, hey, we got to do something to fix this, to fix this. But the problem is, is that we don't pay attention to our body. Like we don't see what's going on. Like we don't like pay attention to what's really happening. I'm reading this really good book and he says, it's Pete Agascu and uh, he has this whole new new but a whole training method of um, healing yourself basically and he was saying that be the ceo of your health i just thought that was that was cool as a business like ah, that's a great way to look at it like be in control of your own health and unfortunately many people are, are waiting for someone else to help them and don't get me wrong i feel like well in most cases we'll all need some other help or care at some point but to be in control of your own health and, and understand that you have a choice to decide how you're going to act how you're going to behave how you're going to be how you're going to respond and how you're going to treat your body mind and life as a whole, holistically, <laughs> how are you going to treat yourself as you live your life, as you age, as you get older, as you feel younger. I was watching this clip of this guy. Um, he was, uh, he, he said he was 50 years old and he, he, looked, he looked good. Like he was like a bit muscular. And, and one of the guys says, you look fantastic. And they were talking about age and how 50 is like really old. I don't feel like age has anything to do with how old you are, my personal opinion. But he's just saying, oh, I'm really old. And the guy's like, well, you look fantastic. And he's like, I feel fantastic. He said, I'm taking great supplements. I'm eating right. I'm working out and he's like I've he's like I don't know what he said he's 50 55 years old and he said I've never felt better and I just thought that was such a breath of fresh air because so many times you hear people getting a bit older and they're like oh, I'm oh that's just age or oh I'm getting older <laughs> and I'm like are you doing anything about that and then of course but then you the thing is you take that accountability away to, from your actions you take the accountability away you're just like oh that's not 
anything I can do about that. There's nothing I can control. And in most cases, I feel like you can always do something. And if it's not physically, often it's your mindset, like something that you can do for your mind and body. And that's the whole thing about this empathy conversation that I want to address here is that we, we don't know, like I was saying, we don't know what other people are going through. We don't know what they're dealing with in their life. So we can try to be a bit more compassionate and understanding. I think trying to put yourself in someone else's shoes is something that is difficult for a lot of people, but very beneficial if you can do that. You can say, hey, this person person may be feeling this because or if I was in that situation I may be feeling the exact same way and then you can understand and then if you can understand someone's situation you can communicate a little bit better you have more of an open mind and you can maybe even feel their feelings of frustration maybe why they're holding back why they have feeling like they have some issues going on but if you if there's no in most cases disagreements around communication lack of communication and how people feel about one another or about about how they feel in a situation that's in most cases communication issues like a lot of people shut down completely. They don't want to talk. And I heard this really good quote. I think it was from Tim Ferriss. And he said, you can tell, what did he say? It was something along these lines. This this isn't verbatim, but he said something like, you can tell the success of someone by the amount of difficult conversations they're willing to have. Or the more difficult conversations you're willing to have, the more successful you'll be. Something like that. I just thought that was so true in in many cases. Of course, it is in business. Like you have to negotiate and you have to work through problems. You have to be a problem solver and you have to find solutions. And But then in, in personal life as well, like we don't want to have those difficult conversations. We don't want to sit down and be like, I mean, I certainly don't. <laughs> we don't want to sit down and be like, okay, how can we hash this out? How can we find a solution? And like, it could be with anyone. It could be friends and with friends or family. It could be a business partner. And like just like making yourself sit down and getting through those issues is a challenge. Like we don't want that to happen. We just want to push everything under the rug and be like, meh. <laughs> Things will work themselves out. Things will work themselves out. And unfortunately, they, they rarely do. They usually don't work themselves out until you actually sit down. And in most cases, like we, we wait for our stress levels or anxieties to get like really high. Then we don't know how to function. We don't how to deal with them, then we blow up and we have these, these big arguments and we say things that we may not want to be saying <laughs> or probably shouldn't be saying. But I think that begins with understanding the other person and trying to figure out, or not figure out, but try to figure out how, yeah, how they see things. But then again, we, we have to, I also think it goes back to controlling your own emotions and understanding that in most cases we are grownups. <laughs> we have to control our own emotions and understand that that anger and that frustration and lashing out isn't really going to solve anything. In most cases, it makes it worse. <laughs> might make you feel better for a moment, but in most cases, it's not really going to do anything for you. It's not certainly not going to fix any situation. So when it comes to when it comes to healing those relationships or creating better relationships, I think that's the very root is having commun- open doors of communication, talking about the different subjects, but then also trying to put yourself in someone else's shoes and understanding that they may be going through a difficult time, which may not even be related to you. I remember this one time, this might be slightly different, but I remember this one time I was going to a radio station and you have to book your time and, and it could be expensive. Other people are waiting to get in there and it wasn't it wasn't it was just down the street and these two people got in a little fender bender they didn't know what to do they stopped in the middle of the road and um it was a very odd situation and i was actually walking to the local radio station here and they stopped in the middle of the road and they were like confused they didn't know what to do and like and i'm, I'm like walking to when i see them and they're like kind of confused walking around there's cars passing by and, they, and then i get closer and then i said hey is everyone okay and then one of them they, oh, i gotta call the police i don't have a phone so i said okay here's the phone i said you guys should really think about moving your vehicles out of the road. No, I no, like completely defensive, like probably like a bit confused, angry. No, I'm not moving my car anywhere. Like everything was the other person's fault at this point. So I said, okay. I said, here's my phone. So I waited there on the sidewalk <laughs> for about 15 minutes. So I was 20 minutes late, whatever it was. And the police showed up and they said, move your cars. <laughs> 
<laughs> from the middle of the road right now. So that was the first thing they did for obvious reasons. Like it's dangerous and they don't want another issue on top of that. So anyways, I get there and then, and then they're upset at the station. I go, you're late. What were you doing? And then there was like that initial clash of like, you're, you're you know, like, like, who, like what, what are you doing? People are waiting. You got to be here on time. And then if I didn't explain that, so some people don't say anything. And I thought about not saying like, hey, I was helping someone out. Like, okay. I thought about being like, hey, um, I'll do better to get here next time. I know it's my fault. I'll take full accountability. And then later on in the conversation, I said, these two people needed help. They, they're using my, my phone. And then it was like, and then they, they relaxed a bit. They're like, oh, okay, I understand. Maybe I shouldn't have got so upset. Um, so it, it worked out through that communication, but you don't know why someone was late. Like you may want to sit down and have a conversation of like, how's your day going? Is there any reason, you know, as, especially as an employee, I, I would do that. Like, is there any reason that you showed up like a half hour late when you're supposed to be here on time? <laughs> oh yeah, this and this happened. There's one thing, like, I think we use those that as, a, as excuses often, like to take that accountability from yourself. So the first thing you could do is like, I know it's my job to be here on time, regardless of what happens, but this is what happened. Obviously, if it happens like every day, like the dog ate my homework, <laughs> that's one thing. But if it's one thing that comes up and it's like, okay, obviously that situation where someone is ur urgently needs a cell phone, it's not going to happen very often. But, but again, you can't use that stuff as an excuse all the time. Like if you're late all the time and you always have a reason, then we got some problems, right? <laughs> Um, but if, so if you guys have any questions or comments on the, on this topic, feel free to throw them at me and, um, and we'll talk about them together. But <clears throat> so when I was talking about understanding, like putting yourself in someone else's shoes, the other thing is, is like for us, when we go through frustrating times, I feel like we have to work on reducing our stress levels all the time. So many times people only address stress, like difficult times in their life as a treatment. So, okay, things are, things are difficult. I got to go get help. I got to start working out. I got to talk to someone. I got to go see a psychologist, like whatever it is, that's only when they're stressed out. But what if you did that on a regular basis? Like what if you're always working out? So let's say for example, our stress level is here all the time. Like our stress level is always here. Like we don't really do much about it. And then a stressful time comes up in our lives and stress goes here. So then we start to do things like, like I just said. So we start to slowly reduce our stress and then we stop here, right? But it's still up here on a regular basis. So what if you're, what if our stress is like around here <laughs> and then we started to work out and maybe you talk, maybe you have a counselor, you have someone you could talk to, friends or family. And then maybe you're eating, putting good quality foods in your body. So your stress is here on a regular basis. So when something stressful comes up, it only goes up to here. So you're still in control of your emotions. You're still in control of the words you say, the thoughts you think. Like we all know what it's like to go in a downward spiral of being like, I can't control anything. I'm losing my mind. So if you're if your stress level is up here on a difficult day, you don't all you don't always have to worry about being through the roof. But the thing is, is we have to continually try different things to reduce our stress levels and live that holistic lifestyle in prevention as opposed to treatment. So if you're working out regularly, your stress levels are going to drop. So instead of being like, okay, I'm only reason I'm got to work out is because summertime's coming. I got to get in my bikini or Christmas is coming. I got to get in that little black dress. So, and, and don't get me wrong. There's, it, there's positives to setting those little goals for yourself for those little achievements. But if it's only for a short term, so the thing, so here's what happens is a lot of people come to us in the spring. I always say January, February is not our busiest time, but after that we get a little bit busier and busier right before summer comes and then everyone's camping and vacationing. So then summer comes and they work so hard to get into like, to get fit, wearing, wearing less clothes, summer dresses, whatever it is. And then throughout the whole summer, stop working out, stop eating right, st stress levels go up a bit. You're staying later, visiting with friends, stress level goes up and then stress levels here and then back into your regular routines. And we have kids going back to school and then we have more economic political situations going on, going crazy right now. And then that's where we have people that really don't know how to deal with what's going on in the world. Like 
then so then we hold on we're here and we're like okay our stress levels up here and we're like okay <clears throat> it's going to get better it's going to get better but we're not doing anything about it we're just hanging on like things are going to get back to normal i just got to do this for a little bit longer instead of taking action for yourself and lowering your stress levels through different ways so so i mean that's one thing that you can do for yourself to offer that empathy and compassion because just think about yourself being super stressed out like the more stressed out we are the less patience we have with ourselves and others the quicker we are to lash out the quicker you are to yell at your dog your kid your spouse <laughs> so the more stressed that we are the less ability we have to be understanding for other people which is why we need to continually reduce our stress levels bring those stress levels down and then be able to have those conversations and communicate properly because if we're not able to communicate that's where those issues stem from and then they just continue to pile up and get worse and worse until, the, until there's a giant blow up and then i don't know like usually that blow up like you get here and here and you have like a big meltdown maybe you have a big argument at the office or at home and then things seem to get okay they had you let the air out of the balloon things seem to get back to normal and then all of a sudden it's um it builds back up because we're not doing something continually to help reduce those stress levels and to help improve your health which will in that holistic manner will help everyone as a whole as we wrap things up here for now is trying to be compassionate and understanding through other people and, and understand that everyone's going through a difficult time right now some people are a little bit better than others some people are much worse than others like that's life but we need to be take, take action and, and not let that let those emotions take over like take control i feel like the worse they get like the deeper we dig ourselves into a hole it's uh it's the harder harder it is to take ourselves out it really is and you can tell like you can tell how how people are like people are reacting much more differently these days it's easier to set people off it's easier to get in an argument it's easier to disagree with someone like and that comes from i feel like it comes from lack of compassion it comes from lack of understanding and just trying to be in a loving and caring place and i mean i'm not of course i'm not always there myself i'm not saying that's for sure but i feel like it's something we can all work on and that's something i try to say to myself i think to myself is that hey maybe they're going through a difficult time or i think like why are they saying those things why are they posting those words like isn't even if it's not directed at anyone in particular you see people doing some really odd things and you can only get like they're like out of character out of almost out of body like did they actually say those things and you can only guess that they're going through a really difficult time in their life and in hope like maybe if you deal with them you'd be a bit more patient with them and you can think good thoughts for them and hope that things get better for them you could even offer help you know the, th the thing is sometimes in difficult situations it's some people they don't want help some people don't don't want help some people don't want to change some like it's it's really difficult sometimes you can do everything for a person they can be kind to them you can compassionate and, and then and then they, they can lash out at you like that's and, but i think that's that's this that's the stress and that's the inability to, to cope and reduce that stress and in most cases you talk to people and you ask them how they're doing in their life and what's happening what's going on and their stress levels through the roof but then you then you can also look at what they've been doing like oh i haven't really been exercising i haven't really been eating right because life takes over right like things could be difficult at home um, things could be difficult at school things could be difficult with other family members at work whatever it is and then you push that other stuff to the side like well i can't handle going grocery shopping i gotta do this at home or i can't handle um i can't handle doing this extra work at work i gotta go home and address this so then you have then you have that like it's, it is like you can't there's no other way to put it like this exercise is the best way to reduce stress and there's less people exercising now and then you have posers and shutdowns and gyms not even open and happy people aren't going to work out at home so it's just a difficult position to be in a diff difficult place to, to live in right now and trying to exercise that extra compassion i think will make a big difference not just for the other people but for ourselves as well maybe we wouldn't be won't be so frustrated you know if, like, finance is a big one as well like people do like people do crazy things like people will go rob a liquor store if they don't i like, can't feed their family i remember sitting there we were in uh i was in university in in the states and we were having this conversation and this one guy was trying to explain he was from a, he was from a, a very rough area he was trying to explain that 
that. So he wasn't justifying it. I, I felt like I could side with him a bit. And this other lady was like, oh, well, why don't they just go and panhandle or find money somewhere else? <laughs> and, and, the, and the guy was talking about going to rob a liquor store. Not him, but in his community, it happened. And he was trying to explain like, like when you have nothing, you have, and some, well, most of us will never experience that because we have friends to help out with family. Like you have nothing. And I've never experienced nothing at this level before I went to Sri Lanka when some people had like dirt floors and they had a little bowl of food and they wanted you to eat it and they had nothing to eat, but they wanted you to eat it. That what I would call nothing. So the guy was trying to explain when you have nothing and you have bills and people relying on you to feed your family, you have nothing. That pressure weighs on you so much you do irrational things. So he said, sometimes people do crazy things and they go rob liquor stores and, and he wasn't, he was just trying to explain it. He wasn't saying it's right or wrong, but she was like, well, why don't they just go borrow money from family? Because like, family's in jail. <laughs> right? How's that for an answer? And I, again, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying like when our stress is at its peak, our mind isn't working the way it usually works. And then we do things that doesn't really add up. It's out of character. And then we don't have a whole lot of compassion in the world right now. <laughs> I feel like there's more separation and there's higher powers that maybe, <laughs> just maybe turning us on one another. So it's like, it's through the roof right now. And if we could find a way to be a bit more understanding, I think, I feel that we could get, we could get through this together, not separately or individually. Have a great day, everyone. All right, that's going to wrap things up for this edition of Exploring Mind and Body. Once again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in and being a part of our True Form Life community. You can always find us on facebook.com slash trueformlife. We post up there a couple times a day on our story. We're always trying to bring you more content around living a healthy lifestyle, whether that be nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, and more. We also have free challenges that we do at least once a month. So if you follow us along there, you'll be able to join maybe a plank challenge or a squat challenge, Tabata challenge, whatever it may be. We'd love to have you join us. We're also on Instagram.com slash Drew Tadia. Again, we're posting up there a couple times a day along with our story, all dedicated to keeping you fit and healthy and on track. Our main website is trueformlife.com. If you want to check out some of our products, some of our services, or if you just want some great content from videos to blog posts and recipes and more, we got all that at trueformlife.com. Once again, thank you so much for being here. That's it. That's all I got. I'm out of here. As always, I'm your host, Drew Tadio, in health and fitness for a better world. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Exploring Mind and Body with True Form Life's Drew Tadia, fitness expert. To find out more about the show, Drew Tadia, or to listen to past shows, visit exploringmindandbody.com.